if you were on Tuesday night, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to hear my story again. Um, I try to be of service every time I'm asked to be of service because this program saved my life. Um, I am a 100-pounder. When I came back to OA uh, 21 years ago, I was 400 pounds. I am now 260, um, which is a miracle. I know I have a lot more to go, but I'm not going to focus on that. You know, I have to try to stay with the positive stuff. Um, I'm not very positive today because I'm I'm in my feelings and I don't like them. I don't like feeling, period, <laughs> unless it's happy, um, which is why I started compulsively eating as a child. So let me tell you what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. So what it was like was a lonely childhood. Um, I had, I developed vitiligo when I was two. And vitiligo is a skin pigment pigment issue. Um, shows up much more on uh, African-American people with much darker skin. Um, I'm very light-skinned, but it, on me it manifested that I have white eyelashes. Uh, part of my eyebrow is white, and I got a big gray streak in my hair, which is not normal for two. Um, so the children at school were very mean to me. Um, and my parents really didn't have, you know, good parenting skills to be able to tell me that I was okay. Um, my mom uh, was a codependent and my father was a rageaholic, a narcissistic rageaholic. Um, my brother was a narcissistic genius, uh, still is, I love him to pieces, but he's still a narcissistic genius. Um, so it was lonely and I had very, very low self-esteem. So the two things that I, I found at that time uh, were that if I had um, large quantities of carbohydrates, however they came in, be they white flour, sugar, what have you, it sort of made the pain dull a little bit. I don't think I was cognizant of it, but I just, I did it because I was, oh, that, that's good, that's good. And it sort of developed like this short circuit when my therapist said, as soon as I came anywhere near a feeling, I, ha I got to, how can I get as much food as quickly as possible? Because feelings were not um, acceptable in my family, unless they were happy. Happy was okay, but everything else was not okay. Um, and lying, um, because I felt like the deep, dark secret I had to keep from the world was that I was unloved and unwanted which I know now is not true, but that's how I felt as a kid. And again, my parents didn't have the skills to counteract that. Um, and so I lied about everything. Um, I was a really, really, really good liar. I had a really vivid imagination. Um, <laughs> my mom says that one time she heard me telling the story about how I had been adopted. And she said that if she hadn't birthed me herself, she would have believed my story. Um, so I lied, I stole, I cheated, um, because I just was never going to be enough of anything. I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't anything enough. And um, Which is also very funny because, again, logic says that if I made it all the way through high school with A's and B's and I never opened a book, one would say that one would have to be above average intelligence, but I thought I was stupid. So anyway, um, yeah, so I ate large quantities of food. And I realized quite young that I didn't have the same relationship with food as other people because I would spend a lot of time at the house of the neighbor girls across the street, and they were normies. And their mom was like that stay-at-home mom that everybody wanted. 
Uh, I grew up with a maid. I shared the room with her, and that's why I speak perfect Spanish today. Um, anyway, so her, the, the, their mom would cut up orange slices for after-school snack, and I would eat mine, and then they would leave some on their plate, and I'd be like, well, why, why, why are you leaving that? There's, it's, you know, it, like, does not compute, does not compute. I didn't understand why, why would you leave something behind on your plate? Um, and then when I, I read, there was a story in the back of the big book that was like almost exactly like that. This woman, she's at a party and, um, she sees this other, these two people interacting and, and one of them taps them on the shoulder and say, Hey, come here. I want to show you something. And the one person goes, puts their drink down on the mantelpiece. And she's thinking, how do you do that? How do you just leave a drink behind? And so I knew at that moment that that's exactly how I was with food is how that woman was with alcohol. So I know for a fact that it's the ism. I have the ism regardless of how it manifests itself. Um, when I did my first food log, I found that I was eating, again, large quantities of uh, carbohydrates just about every two hours just to cope. Um, I realized also in uh, college that I suffer from major depressive disorder and so a lot of that sadness that I experienced throughout my lifetime might have been some of that depression. I don't know. Um, thank God there's medication for that sort of thing now, and mine works just great. Um, so what happened? Um, what happened is I have a friend who's an alcoholic, and she said, you know, there's a program for people like us that have issues with food the same way that I have issues with alcohol. I'm not an alcoholic, but she was. And so I don't know if she took me to my first meeting or if I went to it by myself. I can't really recall. I think I was like 19 years old. Long time ago. So I don't remember it so well. I'm going to be 60 in a couple of weeks. Um, but what I do remember of that meeting is just feeling, feeling intensely, which I don't like, um, and crying the whole meeting, just looking down, watching the, the tears puddle inside my glasses because there were people talking about food the way I related to food. Um, that first time through the program, I didn't really get the program. I was having too much fun um, being with people who finally accepted me for myself for the first time ever. Um, I, the sponsor I had at the time um, helped me find a higher power that worked for me. We were raised hypocritically Jewish. <laughs> and so um, I never, and God never really came into the picture. So uh, I did one of those want ads. God wanted me, needed to have all these qualities. And um, I still have that God today, though it's morphed into, for me, God is my perfect parents because your parents always want what's best for you, but they don't always give you what you want because they want what's best for you. Um, and there's no judgment. There's just compassion. Um, even when I take my will back and then I say, why did I do that? And God says, because you're human. Um, so, so that's what happened. I came back to OA. Um, I, I, I'm also a sex and porn addict. And the only reason I bring that up now is because there were a lot of very eligible men who were very willing to have sex with a 19-year-old girl through my first time through um, the program. Um, 
and I'll, I bring that up because it'll show up later in my story. Uh, the wonderful people in that program at that time said t- to me, Dina, you need therapy. Um, you're, you're, you're headed on a, a, the wrong trajectory. <laughs> and so much like Joe at the beginning of the big book, I thought, oh, well, if I can figure out why I eat, well, then I won't have a problem anymore. So I spent about 20 years in therapy, um, figured out why I eat, um, and I still came out of it a compulsive overeater. Um, what, during those 20 years, though, um, as I continued to increase my relationship with my higher power, I was able to really marry it to the religion into which I was born. Um, and my mother says I fell off the deep end, and so I became orthodoxly Jewish, uh, which I find extremely fulfilling today. Um, because everything I do has the opportunity to be raised to a higher spiritual plane. Um, and so I, when I felt like I was ready to start dating, I was, of course, then only going to marry an Orthodox, Orthodoxly Jewish man. Uh, and I did. He's a lovely, lovely man. And we have two fabulous, amazing sons, one of whom is a daddy already. So I have a delicious grandson. Um, and they're, they're both have a normal relationship with food because I was able to come back to the program when they were small. Um, what brought me back to the program, I married at 320 pounds, um, and I kept eating. And when the children were small, I was trying to bathe them in the bathtub and I could not get up off the floor. 400 pounds was just too much for my body to try to lift up off the floor. And I said to myself, if you want to be available for these children throughout their lifetime, you need to do something. And so I said to God, God, if you keep me off chocolate for a week and make sure that I never see any of the men that I slept with the first time through the program, I'll go back to OA. So I was off chocolate for a week. I said, keep my side of the bargain. I'm going to go back to OA. And there was a meeting very close to my house. It's Serenity Sunday at Roxbury Park. Um, and so I walked into Serenity Sunday, and there was one of those guys. I was like, God, I thought we had a deal. And God's like, honey, I don't make deals. I don't know what you were thinking. I know what I'm doing. You just have to follow along with your human part. So, of course, then I had my opportunity to make amends to that young man and several others throughout my uh, time back. It was 21 years ago. In those 21 years, I have not had chocolate ever again. I have a very healthy fear and respect for chocolate. Um, When I would make my kids hot chocolate, I would put my finger in it to make sure it was the right temperature and then go wash my finger. If I'm cutting up a chocolate something or other to serve to people, I wash my hands. I, I I can't take the chance to re-ingest that into my body. Um, about, you know, I want to say five years ago, um, I gave up white flour. Um, about 19 years ago, I gave up potato chips. There's never going to be an instance in my life where I need to have chocolate or potato chips ever. It's never going to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to die if I don't, you know. Um But the white flower was something that my current sponsor encouraged me to uh, let go of because to me, bread is heroin. Uh, Especially, like we grew up with this um, thing called challah 
And that's what it is, challah is heroin, because I could eat the whole thing. I used to joke that me and bread could crawl into bed together for a week and both be very happy. Um, yeah, and then I've had an on and off relationship with sugar um, throughout my 21 years back. I give it up, I take it back, I give it up, I take it back. And it's sort of like, literally like dancing with the gorilla, like they talk about uh, I just had a holiday called Passover, and on Passover, I uh, on the last day, um, I had sugar, and it went coursing through me like I can't even describe, and I was insane for the sugar, and it's like, oh God, please, please make it stop, please make it stop, I can't, I can't, and I was like, I, I, I don't know how much sugar I ingested that day. Um, but the next morning I had asked him to please remove the obsession. I learned my lesson. Please, please take it away. And it's been gone since. Thank God. Um, so I don't eat sugar either. <laughs> um, and so what my life is like now is um, I don't lie anymore. <laughs> I'm a woman of dignity. Uh, I like who I am. I believe that I have the right to exist and I believe that other people have the right to have me in their lives because I'm really a good, decent, kind, honest person. Um, I'm smart, smarter than the average Joe. Um, I, I actually get paid for thinking, which is really cool. Um, I'm a social worker by trade. Um, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma, I'm a wife. I'm no longer a daughter. Both of my parents have gone to live with God. Um, but I'm a good friend, and uh, I, 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 I can't even begin to describe the ways that my life is different. Um, I feel feelings, and the reason I've been uh, sad today, I've been sad since last Friday, actually, is because my husband had a follow-up to his CAT scan. It was a PET scan, and the PET scan showed that his lung cancer has returned, and um so, but it's returned in a way that, like last time, they were just able to cut out that little piece of his lung and he was going to be okay. But this time, he's going to need chemotherapy, which is um, not anything anybody looks forward to. And the double whammy of it is that I was going to have a knee replacement um, in about six weeks. My left knee was going to be replaced so that I could walk better and do more exercise. But I can't have that right now because I need to take care of him. Um, and so I'm sad and I'm mad and I'm disappointed and I yelled at God a lot. <laughs> I used the F word a lot. <laughs> this is your five minute reminder. Thank you so much. Um, but the beauty of it is that God can handle that I'm sad and mad and, and all of those things. And uh, I said, God, why, why, why are you doing this to me? And the answer that I often get back is, sweetie, do you trust that I know what I'm doing? And I have to say, yes, I do. I do trust that, I, that God knows what he's doing. I can't understand it because I'm human. And God is omnipotent, omniscient, omni-everything. And so I just have to sit back and say, okay, I, I hear you. And I know that you, you don't do bad things to people. <laughs> bad things happen, but you don't do them. You know what I mean? Um, and so I have to be in acceptance that this is my reality today. Um, 
that's the, I think one of the biggest gifts that I've gotten through this program, in addition to my constant, constant conscious contact with my higher power, is um, the ability to be in acceptance of things that I don't necessarily like. Because if I'm not in acceptance, I can't deal. I can't make a plan for how I want to work with that. I can't, I just spend all my enter, mental energy running around in circles saying why it's not fair. Well, it, and when I finish with that, it's still not going to be fair. And so I, I don't spend as much mental energy on those sorts of things. And I, every time I start to go there, I, I come back and say, God has a plan. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. Um, I tried to run away from my feelings at about 2 o'clock this morning when my husband snored me out of the room and I was angry. And um, I went to go have a protein bar because I was hungry. And I often tell people, and I tell myself all the time in the middle of the night, nobody ever died of starvation between dinner and breakfast. You don't need this. And God's like, sweetie, I don't think that's, that's in your best interest. And I was like, I, I looked straight into God's eyes and I said, I need this. I can't cope. I need this. And I ate it and it didn't help. It used to help, but it doesn't help anymore. And the feelings that I was trying to push down came back with a vengeance. And the only thing left to do was to, to write about it and yell on paper <laughs> at God um, about how unfair it was that I can't have my knee replaced when I want it and that my husband has cancer and that I need to take care of him. Um, and none of that is what I wanted, but it's still my reality. So I hope I've had words of wisdom to share with you. The program is amazing. It's not easy, but it is amazing. It's simple, but you have to do the work. The steps, I believe, are divinely inspired because they work for every single person who works them. I feel like the whole world should be in a 12-step program. Um, principles before personalities, oh my God, that's a mind blower. Um, what else can I tell you? I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm no longer ruled by the food. I was last night at 2 o'clock in the morning. I thought, okay, I'm just going to give in to oblivion. You know, uh, but it didn't work. I know now that it's really never going to work. It did when I was a kid, and it saved me from probably more pain than I could have handled. Is that my time? I thought I heard somebody say something. Um, in any event, let it be my time. You still have, you have a little over a minute? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to close with that. Thank you so much for letting me be of service and share my story with you. I hope it helps someone. And um, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dina.